0: Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Romans Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. It was a long break, uh, two weeks without any football from Chelsea. Obviously, we did have AFCON, and if you're uh, you know, a supporter of any CONCACAF team, you did have that to look forward to in terms of World Cup qualifying. But uh, other than that, it was pretty boring. So, um, here to join me, as always, to kind of dissect the return Of Chelsea um, is Andres and some I'll start with Andres first Andres uh, how you doing man
1: doing great doing great it was uh, nice to have some football on again this weekend some FA Cup uh, miracles happened luckily not to us even though we tried really hard to make that happen for Plymouth and uh, yeah I got to watch Edward Mendy lift yet another trophy this time uh, with his country so pretty good weekend back to normal international break sucks and uh yeah i know that international break was also affecting som's other football team
2: that's right baby my cincinnati Bengals somehow made it to the super bowl i don't know how the hell that happened shout out to cj uzama who was a chelsea fan um so uh, a little bit of a connection there between the Bengals and cincinnati i mean and chelsea but um yeah, this 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 international break kind of sucked unless you were into Afcon, which, I mean, who wouldn't be? It's one of the most prestigious and well-run competitions in all of the world. Um, so uh, it was it was really a great tournament. Um, shout out to both of our keepers, Mendy and Kepa, both making huge penalty saves in this past weekend. Um, Kepa for the win. Uh, or to retain the win uh, in the second half of extra time. Um, and uh, Mendy with the decisive save for Senegal in their penalty shootout. Um, but, yeah, let's get into this Chelsea-Plymouth match. Uh, basically, it looked like a full-strength squad. We started off, I don't know if it was a 4-5-1, or is that what it looked like at the beginning to you guys?
1: And
2: it yeah, it was a 4-1-4-1, new 4-1, 4-1. formation. Yeah, or four one, four one. It looked they look the same. Uh, Kepa Keppa and Goal, Malong Sar, Dave uh, in as the the right back and left back, Rudy and Christensen as the center backs, uh, Kovacic, Jorginho, Cho, Ziyech, Mount, and Lukaku um, making up the rest of the starting eleven. So like i said basically a full strength squad zach what were your reactions to the selections
0: i thought it was interesting that we just kind of went for it and, and, and put out like he said n- not necessarily our best team because there's no tiago silva out there um but one of our strongest lineups that we could possibly put out for this game so I wasn't I wasn't necessarily shocked to see it, but um, I did think that there was going to be a little bit of rotation in terms of you know a sprinkling of one or two academy players in there. But I, I'm I'm honestly I'm one of those people that's never critical when I see our strongest eleven put out for a match because like I think Tuchel spoke to that before and said we don't really think about the next match we just think about the one that's coming up. Um, meaning he doesn't think about the match that's going to come after this next one. He's only thinking about you know what's right ahead of him. And I think uh, this lineup definitely showed that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to see a lot of the young players get a chance, but this international break was a little bit different than we used to where most of our European players were just off. And this is going to be the one match we get to kind of get the ball rolling again before the club world cup. So I understand why Tuchel went with this strong of a lineup, but I still don't understand why out of form players, specifically Lukaku, who have been picked week, who has been picked week in week out and still not performed, got the nod. Would have loved to see Kai get the ninety minutes, uh, well, hundred twenty in Lukaku's case. But uh, yeah, I mean overall, I had no complaints with the squad. I mean,
2: when, when you're playing a team like like Plymouth, um, I think playing a guy like Lukaku who's out of form. Is not that insane of an idea because you want to get him into form and you would expect him to come out and score a couple goals against the you know lower division team but he's been in the same form as he was before the break and it's it's gotten to the point where me personally I'm so I'm so fed up with him uh, he's been one of the most frustrating signings I can remember in a long time more than, like more than Morata, more than Timo and Kai Havertz, I think this Lukaku signing has just been an absolute disaster, um, because of the expectations we had for him. The other players we had expectations, uh, but there were still question marks with Lukaku. It was more like uh, th- we, we thought he was a for sure thing, as opposed to the other guys who were still questioning and it's been horrendous but um talking about keppa real quick um so we got a twitter question or first uh per squawka keppa has made more penalty shootout saves than any other chelsea goalkeeper with seven he's also saved three out of eight in game um, so we got a Twitter question from Ron, aka Bone Daddy Cool, aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, aka Bone Daddy Supreme. He said, "Keppa, how important has this man become to helping us win games and staying alive in cups?" Zach, what do you what do you think?
0: Uh, he's he's massive, isn't he? There just seems to be a sort of calmness when he's faced. With a penalty situation, which is very coincidental considering, you know, that most of his nightmares as a Chelsea goalkeeper came, you know, at the hands of saves that should have been easy, that weren't. And I think saving penalties is probably the hardest job a goalkeeper has to do, period, in terms of, you know, one act of one specific act of service. I mean, you're always going to put the chips on the penalty taker to put it in the back of the net over the keeper, you know, to make a save. Um but you know his 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 sort of calm arrogance that he has, you know, when there is a when he does face a penalty sh- uh, a penalty kick does it does show now. And I think you know once we conceded that horrendous foul that uh, sorry did, we'll talk about it later. But once that foul did happen, yes, there was a concern there of like oh shit, you know it's it's a penalty they could obviously score. But at the same time, I did have this reserve confidence in me, you know, um, saying that like. Kepa got this, you know, he, he, he he might have it and he didn't look too shaken up. He didn't look too nervous. I know there was what, 6,000 plus fans behind him yelling in his ear and he still went ahead and made that save and made it look comfortable. So, you know, I I give this guy all the credit in the world because he, he just went from someone that, you know, blocked his Instagram comments and his Twitter comments, you know, because they were so negative and now it's just overflowed with positivity and, you know, for someone to turn their career around in this way after having, you know, being the most expensive goalkeeper and failing to live up to those expectations for multiple seasons and now turning it around and showing everybody, hey, I've matured, I've learned from it, I've kept my mouth shut, and I've also kept my head down and kept working. I think he's the perfect example for other players to look at who aren't necessarily getting their way right now, who do have talent in the bank. Um, you know, it's it's just so great to see. I, I think it's I think this is the most satisfying success story Currently at Chelsea, just in terms of you know an individual player story, I definitely give it to Keppa because this guy's been through a lot in terms of criticism.
2: So, Andreas, do you think Keppa retains a spot for the remainder of the Cup matches?
1: One hundred percent. I mean, he's our Cup keeper. I think that that's been established. He started every Carabao Cup match. I think he only didn't start one FA Cup match, and that's because Mendy was out with Afcon. So, I bet, bet Nelly got the start there. So, to me, I think, yeah, Kepa rides the rest of the FA Cup. He rides the rest of the – he plays the Carabao Cup final even. Uh, he's – I mean, Mendy's going to have to come back. That means traveling. That means a potential COVID test that can go against us. So, to me, you keep riding the hot hand, and, I mean – all these cup matches could potentially end in penalties, and who better than Kepa to be there?
2: And this does beg the question, and it's a legitimate question. This one comes from Michael Conan at M. Conan on Twitter. He said, hypothetically, hypothetically, okay, if an if an offer for Mendy were to come in, would you sell him based on Kepa's recent performances? And the profit margin, Zach. No, is it tempting? No, it's not tempting for it's you. It's not
0: because because here's the thing, we signed Mendy for what like was it the high twenties or low thirties? Uh, um, mid twenties. Or mid twenties, yeah. And and <laughs> we signed Kepa for the mid seventies. I don't know what profit margin we're talking about here. If we're going to turn around and sell Mendy, we also have to keep in mind that he is closer to 30 than Keppa is. So if anything, I think on the high end, we might be able to get 40 or 50. Whereas with Keppa, we would at least be able to get 40 or 50 as well based on his current form. I, I still think he didn't make up that 75 million price tag that we initially bought him for. But I, I don't know, man. I think Mendy still levels above Keppa in that sense. I, I still think you know, the guy is on top of his game and he's only getting better. I mean, he moved to Chelsea less than a year ago. He's already become FIFA men's goalkeeper. He's won the Champions League. He's won the the Super Cup. And now he's won AFCON. Are we really talking about selling a guy who's who's won virtually everything that's been available to him since he got here? Granted, Kepa has been good. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think this resurgence of Kepa is more so so we can retain as much of that initial 75 million that we bought him for more so than anything i i don't think it's a matter of selling mendy i think that's ridiculous no offense to m conan he's the man but so is mendy
1: it's a hypothetical it was a hypothetical i think it's a legit question yeah i i don't think you sell mendy though i think like you said he's approaching 30 so you already sealed a guy that honestly has no intention of leaving this club anyway he I think he gives the back line a little bit more peace when it comes to shot stopping. Uh, His passing out of the back is another story. But, I mean, Kepa's still not to Mendy's level when it comes to taking the ball out of the air, uh, when it comes to just reaction saves in game. Have we seen improvements? Yes, he's got his best uh, expected goals against Rate ever in his Chelsea career better than the Sari time, better than the Lampard time. It's exponentially better, but that does not mean to me that you turn around and and drop the guy that had I think the record for most clean sheets in the Champions League, in in Eduard Mendy. So props to Kepa for reigniting his career, maybe throwing his name back in the hat to to fight that out with Unai Simón for the uh, Spanish national side, and come summertime I'm sure a lot of teams in La Liga specifically are going to be looking at Kepa and thinking that maybe there's a starting keeper in there and it might be to Kepa's benefit to leave because there is a World Cup in December so I think you keep Mendy you take the loss on Kepa and while his performances are improving it's just a more of a good on Kepa for reigniting his confidence and playing career.
2: So if you think that we could sell either of them for the same exact amount. You'd rather sell Keppa than Mendy right now? Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think so.
2: Uh, all right. Let's get back to shitting on Lukaku uh, because <laughs> it's it's been a passion of mine for the last three months. <laughs> um, played all 120 minutes. One shot on target. Zero out of two dribbles completed. 0 out of 4 ground duels won, 1 out of 6 aerials won. I mean, instead of getting getting better and improving, it's it's just been getting worse. Uh it it really is 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 just such a such a disaster to watch. It's such a disgrace to see him play like this. The his his body language, his effort, everything. He doesn't want to be here, guys. It it really I I'm completely convinced he doesn't want to be here. I don't know why the fuck he came in the first place. I don't know why we bought him in the first place. It, it's 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 over in my opinion. This is a, it's a failed experiment. It's a huge failure for the club, and I'm I'm really done dealing with him. I mean we got a question from CFC Ronnie. Um, hundred million pounds doesn't get you much of a striker, does it? sure as hell does not in this case you'd think that it would but we're once again in the situation where we're going to have to rely on our defenders to score all of our goals like they did in this match both goals coming from defenders it's getting ridiculous what like what i mean here i'll i'll read you ron's question and i know andreas you kind of touched on it but he asked should we have even played him when Kai came in, we looked a whole lot better when he came in. Rom wasted so many feats from the wizard today that I don't blame my dude for being mad. What can be done with this experiment at this point, Zach?
0: I, I think we just got to start prioritizing results more so than prioritizing getting a tune out of, like you said, so I'm someone that just doesn't want to be here. And... You know, it's simple. If he did want to be here, he'd be playing harder and he'd be influencing matches. We would be seeing more of an effort. And, you know, I'm not I'm not really buying this whole the system doesn't suit him bullshit that a lot of the Lukaku sympathizers have been throwing out there. The bottom line is this top strikers make it work, period. You know, uh, it it doesn't matter what formation or what system you're in. You're going to find a way to get your goals or get your assists. How many formations have we seen Cristiano Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Ibrahimović? I'm talking the best strikers of this generation where Lukaku wants to be. How many formations have we seen those guys play in? How many other managers have we seen those guys play with? How many different players have we seen those guys play with? Yet they continue to score goals. They continue to find ways to make it work, and they work on their craft. I'm not seeing that from Lukaku. And, you know, the frustrating part is we see him do it with Belgium and we see him do it with Inter. And he even did it in spurts at West Brom and Everton when he, went, when he was initially on loan with us. And these, this was years ago, too. And, you know, for me, it's just one of two things. It, it's either he doesn't want to be here or he doesn't have that mental capacity or mental ability to put his ego aside and, and play his way back into form. Because, like I said, great athletes and, and, and greatness in general – and this is across any workspace they will their way back into form if you're not in, in, in any sort of form you'll find a way and, and right now he's just getting worse um in terms of the whole kai Havertz thing i think um if he's going to get you the goals and assists uh then 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 he should probably play ahead of lukaku and and guess what he came on and he got an assist in limited minutes and i even think he completed more passes too which means he got more involved
2: Exactly. It's, it's really funny because you said it's either Lukaku doesn't want to, you know, isn't it the right mindset, doesn't want to be here, doesn't want to work his way into shape. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't give an alternative. And that, that's oh, because oh, no. that's because the no. first one was the truth. That was well, no, the right. That was the right answer. Look, look
0: I think I think <laughs> I think it's a little bit of two things. I think on one hand, no, it, it, he did tell the truth in that interview and, and, and he was speaking his mind. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said it. Um, But on the other hand, he doesn't have that mental capacity to put his ego aside and just put his head down and fucking work and make things happen, force things to happen. How many times did Diego Costa do that when the team wasn't firing or he wasn't getting service? He would single-handedly get his own. And and you would expect something like that out of a 100 million pound striker in Lukaku – my thing, Sam, is is he's going out there and he's not improving. He's just getting continuing con- – he's continuously getting worse and worse and worse. And now we saw him play against a side that's 49 places below them in the English footballing tier. And he looked awful. Plymouth striker looked more useful than he did. So I, I think – it, he needs to be put in his place, and 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 I think it's on Tuchel now to kind of make that call and say, look, we're going to prioritize getting results instead of you know making uh, our money back on on the hundred million pounds that we blew on your ass. I think he has to sit his ass on the bench, play Kai Havertz, and see what Kai is going to give you because right now Lukaku is not giving you anything. The guy won one duel out of ten in this game. It, it's just it, it's incredible how poor he was. And the fact that he stayed on the pitch for the full 120 minutes is beyond me too. But that's just beside the point, Andres. Maybe you have like a, a counter argument, but honestly, I, I just like you saw, I, I really don't see one. I, I see a player that just doesn't want to fucking be here, and he doesn't give a shit about his image, um, about you know making making it up for himself. I see someone that just kind of made a mistake and is playing the blame game now, the why me game. Oh, you guys misinterpreted this. No, you said what you said. Now you got to play your way back into form and you're just not fucking doing it. I want to see him on the bench.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not going to disagree with you. I think it's time to bench him. I think you've tried to play him into form. Sam mentioned it earlier. Oh, you know, against Plymouth Argyle, of course he's going to score a goal, right? Well, now in back-to-back FA Cup matches, Chesterfield and Plymouth Argyle, He's looked like one of the worst players on the pitch. And that just isn't good enough. And you can't keep rewarding a player with minutes, especially when we're in the middle of a top four uh, battle, uh, Champions League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup final, and now we're going into the Club World Cup. You don't have the luxury at this point. We're not Man City who have a big buffer between us and second place. You cannot keep playing and forcing a player into the starting 11 if he is to the detriment of the team. Because Hakim Ziyech, Ron is right, he has every right to be pissed off today. I know we'll get to his performance later, but one play in particular that is all on Lukaku, I believe it was Ziyech who wiggled his way into the byline, plays a perfect ball across the six-yard box, and Lukaku reacts three seconds too late for what would have been a four-yard tap-in. I'm not even asking the man to dribble past three guys or bully his way through two center backs to score. Just do the easy things. You should be wide awake, on your toes, in the box, any time that Cho or Ziyesh or Mount and Kovacic, who made plenty of overlapping runs to then cross the ball, are in that area. Aspi Liqueta, an aging right-back center back, scored a strikers no look back heel goal today. Lukaku didn't even get close to giving me any sort of moment like that in this match. So to me, it's time to just bench the guy. Bench him. He has not earned any more playing time and right now we're stepping into a short tournament in the Club World Cup where you don't have the the time to to make it up. Just bench him for now. He's not working. The system has made everybody else better. And I'm not going to buy that, oh, Lukaku is a two-striker system player only. When Kovacic and Mount are occupying that second striker position for 90 minutes, they're right there next to him. He's getting plenty of service now from four players because Cho, Saar, Ziyech, and Aspi are dominating the flanks and getting the ball into the middle. It's not good enough. It's not good enough.
0: And and just for the record, this is... I want to make this very clear, and you guys will probably agree with me. This is very different from the Timo Werner situation. Because, you know, with the Timo situation, you have a guy that's huffing and puffing, but just can't blow the house down. Whether, where on the flip side, you have Lukaku, who just isn't doing jack shit. Um, I, that That, to me, is the most frustrating thing here. It's like, it's okay if you're going to go out there and, you know you can't find the back of the net for a few matches or you just can't, you know, p- get that final ball right or that final finish right for a few matches. If you're winning your duels, if you're holding up play, if you're keeping possession, if you're occupying the opposition's center back, if you're pulling defenders apart and creating space for your teammates to run into, things that we often compliment, you know, Kai and Timo for, you know, when they're playing well, we're, not, we're just not seeing that at all from, from from Lukaku. So my thing is, at least try. At least show some sort of effort that you care about turning this around and you care about making things right with us, but you don't.
1: Yeah. And, and just to add one more thing on Timo Werner, he got the quote unquote hockey assist today. He had a beautiful build up play with Kai that led to the Marcos Alonso winner. So again, came in as a sub, still dreadful in front of the goal, but he made an impact. And that's what Zach is alluding to. We just need the guy to feel like he's part of the match. You take Lukaku, his performance out of this, and we still win 2-1 to with 10 men. He was nowhere, nowhere.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, the whole Ziyech and Lukaku thing from a couple matches ago, I think we all kind of stand on Ziyech's side now looking back, right? Because, I mean, let's be honest. I I know we're going to get to Ziyech later, but we had at least 30 shots in this game. And I would say at least 10 of them came at the heels of a Zsh pass or a Zsh you know hockey assist or something along those lines. it's it, it, It's just so frustrating. You know, if you want your teammates to play for you, how about you play for them? Isn't that a wild concept, guys? I mean, we see the support Timo gets from his teammates even when things aren't coming off for him. and we don't see that same support for Lukaku. instead, there's bickering, and you know, we see all this negative press and negative body language and whatnot. It's, it the answer is so clear to turn it around it's just it's baffling to me it's just so baffling
2: and here's here's the the other thing you guys say and I agree with you don't play Lukaku until he's you know fixed his attitude or whatever gone back into form whatever but how is he ever going to get back into form if he doesn't play like are we just never gonna see him play again this year unless it's like Against a bottom half team, I mean, we really don't have any room to mess around right now, it's in, in the league especially. I, I
0: think it's more of a. I think it's more of a. We need to let him know that he's not invincible. Because right yeah. now he's just a shoe in every single game. Like he can keep playing like this and he'll keep starting. So there's no real repercussions for him at least if he goes out there and plays like shit night in and night out. And I think he needs to get a little bit of that Mourinho treatment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a mental break thing. You're just forcing this guys every week to just be kind of, if he's not playing well, it's only taking a deeper hole. Sometimes you just need to pull him out, let him get his head straight in the practice field. And then, you know, the moment, maybe it comes as a cameo, right? He comes in 15 minutes left the match is already you know put together we've, we've got the lead or perhaps it's a hail mary and he scores and that gives him the confidence to go into the next one but right now when he's playing 120 minutes and not once you feel like he was a third on goal it's not it's simply not good enough
2: and now let's talk about another player who who's brought up very similar uh, feelings within our fan base that feeling being frustration and uh, inability to live up to expectation that's Cho again struggled massively to influence the game once Plymouth got their goal Uh, he had one shot one dribble one key pass and was uh, snubbed after the 64th minute Zach specifically uh, but we kind of concurred but uh, Zach did speak highly of him last week uh, or last podcast before the break um, said that he needed to use that performance as a springboard to build other good performances on so I know I'm, I, I'm asking almost every question to Zach first, I'm sorry Andreas mm-hmm. but what, why wasn't he able to do what we expected him to do this week
0: no, I, I I think it's I just don't think he's good enough. You know, I think I think it's uh it's tricky because on one hand you want it to work out for him so bad, but on the other hand, you know, he keeps getting these opportunities and we'll see a flash or a game, you know, like last match before the break where he just looked like this completely different player who could impact the game and be a potential match winner. Um he looked unplayable. And and then you fast forward to this match. And I thought he started okay, but once Plymouth got their goal, he just looked scared. He wasn't taking anybody on. He wasn't looking, you know, to find any, uh, to find any openings or cracks in the defense. He was just kind of keeping possession and keeping it nice and tidy. I, I, personally, guys, I just don't think he's good enough. I don't think he's at the Chelsea level. I mean, you look at a guy on the opposite flank like Ziyech who found his form, and now he's starting to influence every single game in some sort of way. And, you know, I, I think Cho needs to look at that and sort of, you know, replicate it in that sense. You know, if he wants to be a top player, that's what top players do. So I just don't think he's there yet, personally. And I think uh, I think that left-hand side is still up for grabs, honestly, after um, after this last one. Because the thing is, you can't just come in and play well for one or two matches and then stink it up against the, you know, the second or third division side. It just doesn't work that way. You've you got to show it every week. And that's what... The wingers on Manchester City have done so well. That's what the wingers at Liverpool have done so well. There's levels, and and right now, I don't think Cho's anywhere near
1: it,
2: honestly. Hey, can he shout for that left wing spot?
1: <laughs> no, <Anyone? laughs> Le- Tuchel said he's a wing back, so that's not happening. Damn it. Uh, in terms of Cho, I mean, I think partially it's Chelsea fans' fault for putting so much pressure on the guy. I I mean, look how Phil Foden was brought in. For the past four seasons, every Man City fan has been like, oh, play Foden, play Foden, play Foden, and Pep smartly, slowly integrated him, and it took four years of very small integration to finally get the guy on every single week, and now we see Foden's level. I think everyone got caught up in the Europa League-level competition and thought that Cho was going to be putting up academy numbers in the Premier League, and I'm sorry, but if he continues to just side foot everything back post, he's never going to score more than a goal a season as he's averaging right now in the Premier League. I think he does so well to dribble himself out of trouble in the, in the outside, but he is just – he's afraid of finishing right now. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's got the jitters. His, his air game is awful. Uh, he had a header chance against Tottenham that he completely missed. He had a header chance here that I'm not sure how he missed. It's just one of those things where right now, and and it's going to sound like American bias, but I think Pulisic deserves the amount of starts that Cho has because Cho has, in good and bad, gotten to start multiple games after good and bad performances, and I don't think Pulisic has been given that sort of chance under Tuchel. And right now, just like Lukaku, you can't... if. Again, he was great last week. Maybe you give him the pass here, but he needs to be more involved. He can't just be a passenger uh, when he's playing this left-mid position, which is his favorite position. Uh, A winger is supposed to be decisive and somebody that makes his presence felt and makes defenders fear when they're dribbling at him, and Cho needs to remember that. Otherwise, if he has no teeth, then nobody's going to really... What is it? Nobody's going to be afraid of the bite? I don't know. Just... It wasn't good today. He was nowhere near as good as he was last week.
2: And shout-out to Hakeem Ziyech because he's a guy that was performing. He was performing very poorly throughout the year. Got a lot of shit, not just from us, but from Chelsea fans afar. And in the last four or five matches, has consistently looked like our best player. Um, Man of the match performance again Two shots on target, seven out of nine dribbles completed, six key passes, nine out of 14 ground duels won, six accurate crosses out of 22 attempts, but still he's getting it in there. Could have had a an assist if it weren't for Lukaka. Um Just again, very influential, combined really well with Mount and Dave on the right side. It was just a pleasure to watch you know, especially juxtaposed to the the performances by Lukaku and Cho, which were just frustrating. This was a joy to watch. Andreas, what did you make of, of his performance?
1: I think, again, I, I mentioned this with Zach. I think you need to ride Ziesh's ego. And I think that on the right side right now, just imagine when Reese James is back. I think Aspie is benefiting from this Ziesh free role as well. But... People are going to say, wow, 22 attempts cross and you only got six accurate ones. It's honestly, that is not a uh, a reflection of his crossing ability. That's a reflection of what's waiting for him in the box because we had like 10 corners that he took today and all of those were in good positions that, in my opinion, and nobody was there to put their head on it. And again, I already re- referenced the Lukaku attempt that just made me pull my hair out. And, and if you know me, I already fear balding and Lukaku's not making it better, but The point is, with Ziyech, he's balling out. This isn't, uh, to give a basketball reference, a a Russell Westbrook performance where he has to shoot 50 times to get 20 points. Like, the guy's doing everything right. It's just that the people around him were not as good. Ziyech, Mount, and Aspie should have all come out with multiple assists in this match. They were getting... They were so dangerous. We attacked exclusively on the right because of what Ziyech was able to do every time he was getting the ball. And... Honestly at that moment in the game where he showed frustration, to hell who wouldn't have?
0: Yeah, I think I think uh I think he's our best player at the moment, isn't he? Um at least based on the last two matches, just off of form. Uh the guy could create something from nothing. I think we're seeing that swagger. Is, it's 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 full on, guys. I mean, he's just completely transformed his game and I think with the back four, it 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 revives his career here at Chelsea because I think it was Matt Law who said it, and I know it's a sin to say his name on this podcast, but you know Matt Law did mention something along the lines of you know Ziyech was looking for an out this summer, uh, looking for a transfer out, but you know with the return of the back four, that obviously renews the possibility of him staying for the long term. So I'm definitely not opposed to that. I've maintained that you know Ziyech is a guy that always has had the quality. It's just been a matter of putting it out on the field for Chelsea because. His numbers at Ajax are ridiculous. They're video game numbers. Um, but, you know, my thing here was was his frustration, uh, particularly in the second half. I, he threw his hands up a bunch of times in the first half too. But like Andres said, I mean, he could have easily had a hat trick of assists, I think. If if we had a, a 100 million pound striker who wasn't an imposter up there, then he might have. Um, I think you know it's it's just he's just going to keep flourishing as long as we play the back four and you know it, we do salivate at the idea of having Reese James and Ziech on the right hand side but guys I think it's uh, I think it's important to mention how well Mount is connecting with Ziech especially in this game Mount's ability to sort of read the spaces and pop in uh, and, and make himself available when Ziech dribbles his way into trouble. Um, Just to create an outlet for a 1-2 or a little combination to just sort of keep possession or open up more space for Ziyech to get on his left foot. Mount has found a way to impact that part of his game, too. So that's also a relationship that we can look forward to, to, you know, expanding or growing as the season goes on. Maybe that little triangle between Mount, Reese James, and Ziyech once Reese James comes back fully fit. That might be the formula to, you know, get us over the finish line through the end of the season. I think there's a lot of goals and assists to be made on that side, needless to say.
2: And to add on to the great performances, a special shout out to Kovacic, Mason Mount, Dave, who all put in the hard yards and played well. Um, Dave covered every blade of grass. That cheeky back heel goal that Andreas mentioned earlier was lovely. Kova hit the the post and the crossbar um, was was being very aggressive trying to score, um, but also controlled the midfield. Um, and Mount, he was a great point of reference for Ziyech to combine with um, in and around the 18-yard line. So shout out to all three of them. Um, all right, let's finish this recap talking about Malong Saar. Because we saw a little bit of him at center back and at left back. Um, and this has been something that we had been talking about for a while. Um, you know, as left back, we know what kind of work Sarr can do as a rotational left back. He looked more comfortable there, wasn't under any real threat down that side. Um, and this is the position that me personally, um, I think that I love seeing him play at this position. Center back, I can't stand it. I I cannot stand watching him play at center back. Um, when Alonso came on, Sar was forced to fill in at center back, um, and needless to say, it was a it was a forgetful performance from him again. Um, we saw the Sar of old, where he looked shaky. He started giving the ball away. Eventually, gifted them a penalty at the end, um, and I think that. Gives a, a, It gives us a good opportunity to kind of talk about the t- duality of Malang his his performances at center back and at left back, not just this past weekend but throughout the season. Um, Andreas, what, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think right now he needs to be just a left back option, and if he's going to be playing in the back as a center back, it's in a back three. I think that positionally, uh, he is not as comfortable with what's going on around him. And if he's playing center back, like you said, that means that Marcos Alonso is playing left back. So you need somebody that's very sure of what he's doing in that position and very confident in where he is on the pitch at all times to cover for Alonso. I think Saar has been a great left back. I think that anytime he's played left back, I felt just fine. I don't have any qualms with it. No, he's not going to be dropping dimes from the left side for crosses because he's just not going to take up that space. But we don't need him to right now. We just need him to be solid defensively. So, yeah, I've never been a fan of him as a center back in a back four so far this season. I think it kind of comes with his age and just not mature enough to be there right now. So, to me, he's a left back in a back four or a left center back in a back three with a – very vocal middle center back right now. He's just too, uh he's like a more erratic Rudiger when it comes to the way he approaches tackles. And he can get away with that as a left back, but not so much as a center back in a back too.
0: That's a really good connection because I've been trying to, I, when I watch him play at center back, I do get shades of Rudiger, um, you know, the bad Rudiger, not 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 the current Rudiger. I'm talking Rudiger when we wanted him out. Um, but no, I I, I do want to just come to his defense for a second. And, and I know this isn't a full-on excuse, but um, he did have to cover for Marcus Alonso on the left-hand side. And if you guys didn't watch the game, um, yeah, he scored. But he was also shit before he scored and after he scored. So uh, I don't think that that helped his situation much. But yeah, I mean, like you guys said there's a necessity for him at left back and there's not a necessity for him at center back. So just based on that premise alone, yeah, you want to see him uh, play at left back purely in that defensive role. And guys, honestly, I think when he plays at left back, he does feel a little bit more comfortable on the ball as opposed to center back, because he could make a mistake, um, you know, on the other side of the pitch and there he still has cover behind him as opposed to center back. If you make a mistake, you're done for, as we saw here um, when, when he gave away the penalty. So I need to see him at left-back, man. If Chilwell, Chilwell's not coming back this season, we didn't bring anybody in. Every time Alonso has played in the back four, he's looked atrocious. So Belongsar has to be the first choice right
2: now. It's. I don't think that the the Marcus Alonso thing has much to do with it because we've seen him play there um, when Ben Chilwell was healthy. And even then, it looked awful. I just don't think he currently has what it takes to be a starting uh, center back uh, right now in the Premier League. Um, we did get a question from Michael Conan. <laughs> um, he asked, is Plymouth better than Tottenham, or are we going to endure a frustrating roller coaster from Sar the rest of the season? Um, basically saying that... Uh, he did a better job against Tottenham than he did against Plymouth, but uh, I don't know. I think I think we pretty much answered it. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about the World Cup preview. Uh, World, sorry, Club World Cup, um, where Chelsea will play Al Hilal. Um, did I pronounce that right, Zach? Or is it Al Hilal? That's how you pronounce it, right? Uh, I wouldn't know because I'm not Saudi. But um... <laughs> it <Still> doesn't <laughs> matter. It's Arabic. You don't speak Arabic, bro. No, Al-Himai. no, 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 no.
0: al halal. Yeah. I, I, look, I mean, I-
2: I'm, su- I'm surprised we're not playing. Al Jazeera. It's some Saudi team with some washed-up ex-European stars. Let's just put it that way. Who do they? Wait, they have people on their team. I don't know. Right, we'll see. They um...
1: have the. Uh, they have the old. They had the forward that we played against in the Champions League with Porto last year. Marega. Uh, if you read yeah. the
0: script, you guys would see.
1: They have Gomes, <laughs> Gomes. Like, the guy you didn't mention, Zach, is the guy that tortured us last year, though. Um, the Brazilian dude, Mateus Pereira, who came in and had, like, a hat-trick against Chelsea. With Mateus Westbrook.
2: Pereira is on
1: all yes. hell Yes.
2: Wow.
0: I didn't I, – wow. Well, okay, I didn't notice yeah. that. But that's, that's a good shout, one. yeah.
1: That's the big one. That's the one we should be afraid of. That's
0: <laughs> Thiago Silva's kryptonite.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Hey, are we going to turn Al-Halal to Al-Haram? Am I right? Oh. Uh, I don't know
1: what that means, but yeah, let's get it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man. For
1: those of you that do know
0: what that means, you're probably laughing. Yeah.
2: Um, so, this is going to be our first match in the Club World Cup. And I really don't understand how this structure of this tournament works because we're in the semifinals, um, and all of the teams that have played... Like we're the only top four, top five, top six league uh, team in it, right? Like who else is in it?
1: Yeah, because we're in the cha- we're the it's the winners of every like oh, continental domestic. champions. Oh, champions
2: league. I thought it was like the winner of each country's – Okay, that's that's
1: Champions League.
2: Yeah, this is all obviously this is all, uh... that makes way more sense. Well, not the winners, but yeah, that makes more sense. Um, <laughs> so right now they're sitting fourth in the Saudi uh, professional league. I think it's called. I love the a league name. It's called. I think it's called. Isn't it called the Saudi Mohammed bin Salah League, something like that? No, um,
0: this is, uh, a it's not way. named after Mo Salah. It's just, uh, the no, Saudi professional.
2: not team. Mo Salah, you idiot. <laughs> he said Mohammed bin Salah. <laughs> Sal- Isn't that his name? Oh, bin Salman, whatever his name is. Oh, What's his name, Mohammed bin Salman? Whatever his name is. I don't want to get too racy on this, but... The Gulf confuses some. Let's just put it that way. does a lot more than just confuse me. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, they they won their last match. Six was it six to one to Al Jazeera. So the news station. Yeah, they have a football team. i I have no idea what that means for us. We talked about the familiar names. Mateus Pereira scares the shit out of me. <laughs> um, if if we do win, we advance to the Club World Cup final on September. 12th 2022 damn it's not for another seven months okay um wait what is that that's what zach put is that was that true zach wait what oh that was, no That is uh, not. sorry correct. a february i don't know yeah. how i
1: put September. we play we play these games before we stay in I, in, in abu dhabi I'm just, to i'm get just these playing
0: guys. i'm just playing a prank on you son. oh good prank bro <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah, we
1: we play these, we play this, the semis, then we go into the finals the next week, and then yeah. we go back to England.
0: So within right. the space of six days, we'd be expected to play two games, pretty much. All right. Yeah. Trying
2: to keep this as professional as possible. What are your guys' predictions? Like, who do we play? By how much do we win by? I'm not even going to ask. Well, you. I think, I yeah. think
0: there's a couple wild cards here. One is the weather. It's going to be hot as hell um the other one is that we don't score a lot of goals so i think i don't necessarily think we're gonna go there and just batter them five six nil. as much as i would love for that to happen i i think i think we'll go like i think it'll be like three nil. i think we get a clean sheet because you know the quality drop off is massive but i think it'll be like a comfortable three nil cut match kind of vibe i
1: i don't think we'll score three i mean i don't Off the top of my head, can't think of the last time we scored that many comfortably. Uh, So to me, I'm going to say two to one. I do think the weather will play a little bit more of a factor. These other teams have been at Abu Dhabi a little bit longer than we have. And you have to think, for example, Pulisic is coming from playing in an Arctic Blizzard (laughs) <laughs> everybody else i'm serious no 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 i know i saw fight. that report
0: too said there's legit concerns because he's going from negative 16 fahrenheit to you know upwards yeah. of triple digits
1: it's it's a real concern and i don't think that most of our players are ready for that i think tiago silva playing in south america maybe is a little bit more flexible uh mendy if he starts because he was just playing in africa but you know for the most part these guys have been in in europe exclusively and you England, it does not get very hot. So, like, to them, a hot day is, like, 80 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm over here in Texas, like, hoping that I get that sort of summer weather. So, yeah, I think it'll be a little bit tougher, and I think we're going to depend on our subs a lot. So, I think 2-1. to one.
0: I will say this. I want to see Keppa retain his starting spot, and I want to see him win a trophy as our starting keeper. I think he's earned it up to this point. He should be playing every cup match, like we said earlier. So, it would be nice to just kind of prop them up that much
2: more we did beat chesterfield 5-1 okay and that was less than a month (sighs) ago okay i know i'm just okay but we're talking about al-halal
1: by myself what i beat the nine-year-olds i coach all by myself it's like okay tell me the last time juventus is the last time that i can think of that we beat someone's ass
2: okay but we're talking about al-halal the fourth place team in Saudi Arabia right now, Andreas. Who just
1: beat, beat up on someone 6-1. Okay. to yeah. one.
2: I know. The, like, but, fourth but... place team in, in fucking United Arab Emirates. Like, these are not good teams, Andreas. I think the
0: point Psalm's trying, trying, to... trying to make is if Al-Hilal played Chesterfield, they'd only win, like, 2-1, 3-1. Who
2: knows if they would win? <laughs> I don't, I think I'd pick Chesterfield over them. I've never seen them play. Actually, they do have quality players. I'll give them that. There are some quality players who are past their prime, besides Mateus Pereira, who... Uh, Cashed out. Yeah. Sold his soul. <laughs> I, I have no idea how what to make of this match, guys. If we don't end up winning this, it'll be a complete embarrassment.
1: Well, I mean, again, I think this tournament means doesn't mean much to European clubs. Like, we lost after winning the Champions League to Corinthians, like 1-0, but it felt like a devastating loss because they dominated. I just think these smaller teams may have more more chips on the table than we do. That's all. That's why I think it'll be tough. I think it'll be 2-1 because the other people are going to play like this is the real World Cup final. And our players may just think it's whatever.
2: I don't see Mateus Pereira on this roster, by the way. Oh, no, I see him. I lied.
0: Yeah. I mean should we should we go ahead and night the new ultras because i'm yeah, sure they're in minute. i'm sure they're still listening yeah i, don't um, yeah, I mean andres do you want to do it or
1: yeah i mean we haven't done this in a long time but uh you guys know how it goes the the guys that stay involved and ask us questions and keep the conversation going uh we kind of pick you guys out and, and add us to our our discord um this time around there's more than just one at a time so we'll be adding uh not Willie B, uh, Michael Conan, Kendall Higa, uh, CFC Ronnie, and Wilson for USA. So uh, Ron, first off, our Bone Daddy Cool, the King Rep, Ultra, the Czar of the reps. I need you to knight them officially. And uh, if you guys are still listening, please go ahead and DM our Twitter account so we can send you the link to the Discord.
2: Woohoo! Super Yay! Dope. Congratulations, oh, yeah. guys! What a this is an honor. This is a huge. I had to your guys. resume, guys. It's a no, huge... our,
0: our match day Discord is a blast. It's a combination of us and mostly Ron and Nick Lenartsen having meltdowns. Um. Hey, don't 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 talk about
1: Prosh like that.
0: I didn't even mention Prosh.
1: Exactly. That's my point. You didn't.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, there hasn't been that much sulking from him lately, which is good. It's good. But. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun group chat to be a part of, so make sure you, you guys hit us up. It's pretty awesome. Um, and, and plus, it gives us a chance to get to know you better, and we're also like, you know, we became friends with everybody. I think it's safe to say that's in the Discord. So with that being said, that does bring us to the end of uh, this week's episode. Um, we'll be recording after, um, after the Club World Cup match, so make sure you guys are looking out for that episode as well. We'll be doing some live match tweeting, and also look out for our questions tweet at the end if you want to be included. On the podcast, Uh, our Twitter handle is at Romans Empire pod. Um, And until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.